uh, he turned on the classic rock station. He looks over at me one time and he's like, do you get mad when you hear Bon Jovi on a classic rock station? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome back to Season 2 of Greatest Lists, a music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I'm Jason, your host for this episode. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Eric. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well. I'm uh, very glad to get up to this song today. Uh, One of my personal favorites that I can put on repeat in the truck and just wail to. And, uh, you know, 90s, like we said at the top of the the season, not a lot of guitar solos and alternative stuff. So I'm excited (laughs) to get to this one. But yeah. Just a quick reminder, check us out on Spotify Premium, because this is where we play the featured song here just in a second, and all the bonus songs at the end of the show, you can hear while you listen to us jabber about them. Uh, <laughs> our song, number 13 in our top 25 guitar solos of the 90s, comes from 1993, an album called Siamese Dream, and we are talking about Cherub Rock from Smashing Pumpkins. Behind the Music So our spotlight today is on uh, Mr. Smashing Pumpkins, you might say, guitarist, singer, songwriter, Billy Corgan. Uh, He's really the only continuous member of Smashing Pumpkins, at least what I read uh, throughout the years. But uh, just a little fun fact, he owns the NWA Pro Wrestling Organization. Did you know that? (laughs) He bought them. Is he really? uh, Yeah, he bought them a a while back. He's been uh, been linked I think it was with TNA wrestling or something. So I had no idea he had like a wrestling connection. I, I didn't either. That was, uh, That's that was interesting. He's like the CEO of a wrestling organization. Anyway, he's the, he's the new Vince McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. So he is from Chicago and in high school, he decided to play guitar, uh, started to play guitar. And after seeing a flying V at a friend's house, I guess on the, on TV or something, uh, Corgan gave his savings to his father who, bought him a used Les Paul knockoff. Uh, His father encouraged him to listen to Jeff Beck and Jimi Hendrix, but offered little support past that. So Corgan taught himself to play the instrument. Hmm. And he performed in a string of bands in high school, but not finding uh, the Chicago music scene to his liking, Corgan moved to St. Petersburg, Florida in 85 with his uh, first major band called The Marked. Not finding success there, the band dissolved, and Corgan moved back to Chicago. And from 1987 to 88, he played guitar in a Chicago band called Deep Blue Dream. He left that band to focus on Smashing Pumpkins, which he eventually formed with guitarist James Iha. 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 Yeah. Uh, followed by bassist Darcy Rensky and drummer Jimmy Chamberlain. The band's debut album, Gish, in 1991 fared better than expected but the follow-up siamese dream in 1993 became a multi-platinum hit the uh album siamese dream contains 13 tracks and runs 
just over an hour. Their previous album, Gish, was 10 songs with a running time of 45 minutes. So since CDs were now the format of choice and could hold more music, the band was pushed by Virgin Records to fill more of it, which put pressure on the band and affected their workflow. This is according to uh, Wikipedia here. But according to Billy Corgan, uh, this pressure to produce kept him from refining, re, I'm sorry, refining Cherub Rock. He was speaking to Cream Magazine. He said, I wrote Cherub Rock in a half an hour. I heard it one day while I was driving up the road, and it was one of the last songs I wrote before we did the album. The thing is, there's parts of me that wonder what would have happened if I had spent four hours writing it and not done something else. How much better a song would it have been? That, unquote. So that gets my wheels turning, you know, because I love the song as it is. <laughs> and, you know, what more could you have done with it? I don't know. Uh, Corgan insisted that the song be released as the first single from the album. The song did pretty well in the charts, reaching number seven on the alternative chart and number 23 on the mainstream rock chart. And then on October 30th, 1993, Smashing Pumpkins performed it on Saturday Night Live. So during the uh, the Gish and the Siamese Dream era, these first two albums, Corgan played a customized 57 reissue Fender Stratocaster equipped with three Fender Lace sensor pickups. And of course, you can tell me all about that. But no, I know what pickups are. Uh, but that was his setup for these first couple of albums. Uh, Cherub Rock was performed in standard tuning with an E octave played at the seventh fret. Of course, you know, I'm getting too technical here, but uh, a technique which the band uses on its other songs. This is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Like Drown, Trentessa, and Starla. Corgan describes this as the pumpkin chord. So say we basically stole right. that from Jimi Hendrix, but Hendrix probably stole it from West Montgomery, unquote. Uh, the predominant uh, effect of the on the solo was achieved by recording the guitar solo to two different tapes, which were then run simultaneously with the speed of one tape slightly altered. So they that's how you got that kind of weird, yeah, weird vibe, dramatic. that weird effect. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's so good. And then uh, Cherubrock contains various overdubs influenced by the genres of show, uh, shoegazing as well as the 1970s classic arena rock. This is, I'm again reading this from Wiki. Uh, according <laughs> to Corrigan, the song's introductory drum riff is a direct lift from Rush's 1975 song by Tor and the Snow Dog. And I neglected to go out and compare the two, but I'm sure that's it probably is. correct. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Let's get personal. All right, so I wasn't a huge Pumpkins fan at first. I had a friend in college that was a fan, so I think it eventually just kind of rubbed off on me. And Cherub Rock was the song that really hooked me and is my favorite of theirs by far. Uh, well, maybe a close second to Bullet with Butterfly Wings. Everybody loves that, you know. Um, anyway, I really got back into Smashing Pumpkins thanks to I'm not ashamed to admit it. Guitar Hero. Oh, amazing. <laughs> yes. The third the third Guitar Hero had this song on it. I was obsessed playing it to the point where I was first exposed to it, I think by my brother-in-law. And then I went out and I bought a PS2. And I remember dragging it to work on occasion and playing it in the break room during gosh. lunch. Yeah, I was, I was really hooked on Guitar Hero. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But anyway, 
I remember burning a pumpkin CD for my truck and it would take, I don't know, four or five listens of Cherub Rock before I'd go on to another song. I just really? love it so much. Wow. So I, I made my own kind of greatest lists of greatest hits of uh, the pumpkins to put in the <laughs> truck and listen to it. So nice. I've, I've kind of grown over the years on their music and I like, I do enjoy going back, especially this album going back and listen to the whole thing but wow what's your uh, personal history with the uh, smashing pumpkins you know i gotta tell you i i just i don't like them mm. i cannot stand the pumpkins and the only oh thing, did you did the, you hear that knife go right into the, my the side the only my... thing that i hate more than the pumpkins <laughs> is billy corrigan himself <laughs> i would probably start listening to the pumpkins if he wasn't in the band i can't stand yeah. that guy He's so annoying. Um, that's my history with the guy. He's, so it's, he's just I, like like even what you just said just a minute ago when he called it the pumpkin chord because it was it was that that octave. Dude, every alternative band in the '90s played that same chord. You didn't freaking invent it. God, he's, he is so full of himself. He is so. Oh my god, I can't. I don't. I don't want to get started. I, I can't. Anyway, well, I, suffice he is to his say, own person. He is his own person. That. Yeah, I mean, and he's no different than any other uh, temperamental, you know, self-involved rock, yeah. rock star. But I just, I saw an, an interview with him one time, and he just rubbed me the wrong way. And I just decided that day that I was never going to like Billy Corgan. I don't know why, <laughs> but uh, I, I just have never got into the music. I have a friend that is just a huge Pumpkin fan, and uh, I just, I just, for his sake, one time I gave him a, I just gave it a try. I've, tried to like him because mm -hmm. you know my, my buddy was a big fan of there i just couldn't get into it the only song that i even like is uh bullet with butterfly wings yeah the rest of them i just i just have never <laughs> i just have never been in that in that in, in the mood to listen to the pumpkins I, you know it just hasn't appealed to me much like you know i'm sure i picked out several songs that you feel like i'm not, <laughs> I'm not listening to that um, well, yeah, it, like I, just, I said, it, it took a while for me to warm up on them. I'm not, I'm not the hugest fan. Yeah. And, oh, I loved uh, 1999 when that came out. I bought this Grammy compilation and uh, that was one of the songs on there. And I just, oh, I couldn't get enough of that one too. That oh, was yeah. college years. <laughs> and then, uh, well, and then I yeah, that kind of led back to, you know, exploring more of their music and from yeah. my my friend in college that had all their albums. So, yeah. well, and I will say that when they, when they, you know, when they first came out and they were popular, like the early nineties, I wasn't listening to a lot of alternative music. I was, that's when I kind of had fallen mm -hmm. into Christian music, like Christian mm -hmm. alternative, that kind of stuff. So I was listening to more of that. And then when I just came back, I was, I was, I was late to the party for the pumpkins and I just never could jump on the bandwagon. Went back to the devil music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough the breakdown all right so again i <laughs> i'm gonna go head over heels on this song and <laughs> be like, yeah it was okay yeah it was okay. but uh <laughs> i love the build-up to the solo just speaking about the solo specifically yeah it's basically the same build-up from the intro but more intense and then first the effects on the guitar are just so amazing there's so much feedback and i don't know it's I, I want to hear it solo. Like I hope Rick Beato at some point breaks it down so I can hear every little bit of that solo and how they, they did it. I mean, they, 
we read that he was using two tracks to yeah. to get that effect but uh it's it's just so uh, that sound just draws me in and you know i just think the the notes and the tones he hits during the solo matches the song perfectly i love all the slides and maybe you can enlighten the technical terminology but when he slides his hand several times to the low end and and then back real quick i just love that and it i don't know it adds a little uh, i don't know emotion or what i don't know what i want to call that depth. it adds a lot of depth depth, to depth. It. yeah yeah to the to just playing and you know keeping your hand up there and then yeah you know you go down the down the frets and to the bottom and back i, I love that yeah but it's not long it's only about 22 seconds of a nearly five minute song which so, for a, a song from the 90s is, is a lifetime but I for mean, alternative yeah 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 and it's alternative a lifetime too. it yeah. is it is but anyway back to the intro i've always loved how they build it they add like an, an instrument so they you know it's just the drums first and then you kind of hear the rhythm guitar and then the bass and then the lead guitar and then it's just boom and then you get that great riff throughout the song just hooks your ear in I like the feedback too at the end of the song, like they're going through those last few lines and that is just one long ass note and whammy when you're playing guitar hero, it's just, it stays up for like oh, that's almost amazing. the end of that song. And that's what I always remember about it, but that's great. I like how you get that same build too. So you get it at the intro, you get it right before the solo yeah. and then it comes back to it kind of at the end of the song and you get those three notes to end. And it just makes me want to hit repeat. Like I said, I could listen to this thing 24-7. I just love this song. <laughs> so there you go. There's my take. And let's hear somebody that's not a Pumpkins fan. I want to hear what you think you know, of the song. I, what, what, I, what it impresses me about anybody, it doesn't matter who it is, is what is the the steps they take to make a certain make something sound a certain way. Like you said, they mm -hmm. used two tracks and slowed one of them down to get that sound. I mean, you know. The, those are just some of the weirdest things that musicians do to make things sound the way they sound. And you never would, I mean, you know, just listening to it, you never would have thought that's, that's, that was two tracks doing that. You would have thought it was right, right. in this day and age, you think it's just digital. They put a, some kind of an effect on there and it didn't. Yeah. This is back when they were using tape still. Tape, and they, man. And they had to figure <laughs> out how to make these things happen. Right. And uh, so that, it doesn't matter who it is. I'm always impressed with pre digital artists that do weird things like that to yeah. uh, to achieve you know what they're trying to you know some sound they're trying to to, to achieve uh, but you're right it's not a long solo and um you know it's i'll try not to be mean because i know you love it dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey don't hold back for my uh but my it's thing. also you know it's also i'll get you back on another things. episode <laughs> yeah <that's... laughs> i'll be honest with you when you when you pick this song and put it on the list, I I don't think I'd ever listen to this song all the way through to know that there was a solo in it. Yeah. Listening to it for the first two or three times, it's a, just your typical solo that you know has. Um, yeah. Some it's cool not, parts to it. it, and you know, it's not you know any, anything mind blowing, but again, to achieve some of the sounds that he that he wanted, he he did some really cool stuff that that I guarantee you there there are artists today that don't have to do that. 
Right, right. You know, they just drop a digital effect on their track and in Pro Tools, and all of a sudden it makes this cool sound. And Billy right, Corbin right. had to figure out, <laughs> you know, and I guarantee he didn't figure that out. They did it by accident. He was like, oh, that sounds cool. Let's do that. That's how half of those really cool sounds took, you know, took place back in the 80s and 90s. They just happened to do something, and they were like, oh, wow, that's freaking cool. Let's do that some more. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, you, you were laughing about him saying that's the pumpkin chord and stuff. Yeah. I, I, think they have a particular sound and to, oh, they do and to have that uh that effect on there or whatever it makes them unique enough that people are now like okay now i've got to try to drop something in to sound like the pumpkins because that's yeah. the sound i want well and that, and that unique sound can't comes part of that comes from what you mentioned earlier he had that fender with the lace pickups fenders typically aren't built to oversaturate and overdrive like, like that for that kind of music. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you hear Stevie Ray Vaughan playing them and, you know, they're blues type music, but they aren't, they aren't really used a lot for, you know, alternative or hard rock. Mm -hmm. those, the, his, his sound comes out of the lace pickups that were, that were on his guitar. That's his, that's, that's what makes their sound. So at least on that album, so unique, um, mm -hmm. but you're right. They do. They have a, you, you can hear us without hearing his voice. You can hear a pumpkin song and know, Oh, that's the pumpkins. Just yeah, because they yeah. have a unique sound, and I mean, God bless them for, for that. Because they're you know late '80s in the metal scene, and then, and then mid '90s with the alternative scene. All those bands try to sound the same, and you can't figure out who's who. But you yeah, know, you yeah. know when you hear a Pumpkin song because they have a unique sound, and that comes from him. Because mm -hmm. like you said, it's a revolving door of of musicians. It's just him. You know, yeah, that that's the constant. And so, you know, to be able to okay. achieve that, that's pretty amazing by itself i agree i agree all right well that wasn't so bad <laughs> <laughs> all right so the number 13 solo on our top 25 guitar solos in the 90s is from uh, cherub rock some bonus songs for this episode uh, which you may or may not have heard uh, eric so you have to go uh Oh yeah, Listen to these on uh, spotify premium i'm gonna pick another one from siamese dream which is called soma very haunting track, but it's mm. equally got a killer guitar solo. I think nice. maybe even better than this one. But uh, I lo I love this song so much that <laughs> that's why I slid it in there. And then another one I'm going to include. One of my other favorites from the Pumpkins is called Zero, which is from the next album, Melancholy and Infinite Sadness. It uh, very short song, and thus a uh, the solo is short, but it's a very Tom Morello solo. You oh, know, wow. very, very squealing, very, yeah. you know, for those of you, Tom from Rage Against the Machine. Right. Uh, very high pitched and stuff. So uh, y'all check that one out if you haven't heard Zero before uh, back from 1995. So stay tuned. You'll hear those bonus songs in their entirety if you're listening to Spotify Premium. Otherwise, we'll give you those song whip links in the show notes that'll connect you with the songs in your favorite music app. And if you like the show, please subscribe, of course. Leave us a rating in your favorite app. Uh, Spotify, you can go up to five stars. We'd appreciate five. Uh, but, you know, that helps us to, uh, you know, whatever the algorithms are in, in Spotify to get us up the charts and, <laughs> and expose a little bit more when you rate uh, rate your podcast more. So we would appreciate yep. if you do that. And then, of course, we're under the Retro Network of Podcast. Go over to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Retro Network, and get your name in our show notes for every episode. 
and even you'll get them in your in the back episodes as well because it's an updated thing it's pretty cool our host uh transistor does so nice anyway uh greatestlistpodcast.com you can stream our episodes there of course and then any feedback we're on twitter at greatest lists eric will take over for our number 12 selection in the next episode which you will want to hear (laughs) (laughs) want people uh thanks thanks for listening to greatest list and we look forward to continuing our list of the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s on the next episode you've been listening to the greatest lists